0: or you can email radio at vnntv.org. Good evening, Boston. I'm your host, Larry Larry the name of our program is Off the Trenches. You're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM. Can you listen to WBCA 102.9 FM? Name of the little Talk. is off the trenches. Where I try to look at situations that are definitely Definitely not fair and well for the group that I am a member of, American-born blacks. Again, I disparage no group. I'm not against any group. I have no axe to grind against any group. But no group, in my humble opinion, needs more people to advocate for them than my group. Our legitimate, legitimate grievances have been totally removed from the table. We were never made whole. By the 1964 Act of Civil Rights, Voting Rights Act, or Affirmative Action. And the primary reason for that? Specificity. Those ordinances did not specify who they were for, who they were for. So anybody and everybody comes under the umbrella of initiative that black Americans fought and died and bled for to get us to be treated as full-fledged citizens, not anybody. Anybody is a minority. So I just speak to what I see out here in, 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 in the community, in the trenches, because as a to have provider, the last two decades providing wraparound services, where we go into homes to work with families. I get to see firsthand how our folks are actually faring. I get to see policies made on high, how, how it affects folks down the trenches, and I kind of realize where. Whereby none of these things are working for the group. They have done nothing to elevate the group. And we should always keep in mind that Dr. King was for collective uplift, not a few first here, first there, first over there, first everywhere. He wasn't for that. He was for the group being treated as full fledged citizens of America. That entails being treated with dignity, due process under law, access to capital access to city contracts, state contracts, federal contracts, private contracts, access to the trades, everything that A, signifies, right, you know, white entitlement, okay? He wanted that to be also bestowed upon black Americans. And I think that we can all agree that has not been the case. According to economists, we are now a permanent underclass. And by 2053, it's going to be official. American born blacks will have zero wealth. And so the things that I talk about are not about gloom and doom. I'm not into gloom and doom. Not into being negative or being a pessimist, but being a realist, to look at our situation for how it really is. Not how we dream it want, how not how we dream it to be, want it to be, but how it actually is. And so I hope that this hour-long conversation will spur people to get up and do something, to get up and try to create a better life for you and your family. Because if you're doing well, the community's doing well. If you are content and satisfied with where you're going, right, if you got life on your terms, your needs are being met on your terms, meaning that you can do what you want to do, go where you want to go, live where you want to live, send your kids to the school of your choice, the community also benefit. From you being blessed and prosperous. So again, I hope this hour inspire people to be about making some constructive change by looking within to see what am I doing to hurt myself. So today's hour, I don't speak my mind on things I see out here that uh I'm just flabbergasted. Number one, why are we, of all the people in America, so concerned if President Trump goes to prison or jail or not? I don't I don't get it. I don't understand why we, of all the people here, like we are the vanguard for righteous living. Like we are the vanguard for justice. like We are the vanguard, you know, for this country. We are the country of this country. No president, none of them, have ever done anything to benefit us. The only one for a brief moment was LBJ. We signed the 1964 right of, right of Civil Rights, Voting Rights Right Act, and even Front of Action. But the problem why it failed, it didn't specify who it was for. All those three initiatives should have had Negroes peppered throughout it. The Negro, 1964 Act of Civil Rights, the Negro Voting Rights Right Act, the Negro Front of Action Program to specify who it was for and why. It failed. All the other presidents have done nothing tangible, nothing concretely to elevate us from our plight. None of them, and including the first African-American, President Barack Obama, did nothing for us. The same with D.P. Harris, nothing for the group who is a bottom cast. And while we are so adamant to see Trump in jail, as though he made your life miserable. We was already on the bottom. Trump didn't do anything to us, because why? He said, if you recall, he said, what do you have to lose, black Americans? Your community, for the most part, high crime written. Well, not about that. Schools, malfunction Well, not about that. You got no wealth, well, not about that. Not seeing the prosperity. Of these cities, not lying about that. Everything the man has said, he wasn't lying. You might, you might not, didn't like what he's saying, but he was not lying. And because we are not really mature, astute, you know, politician or you know, political people, we just hop, we just hopped on the race, racism, 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 racism. Every one of them, starting with George, with with, with um, President Washington, were racist. White supremacy cultivate, socialize, and groom all members of the, of, the, of the Caucasian race to be racist. Otherwise, white supremacy as a construct would not last all these centuries. It needs what? People participation. It needs a white community to what? Make sure it's passed in this generation and to make sure its, it's ideology is firmly ingrained. I don't know why in God's name we feel that we got to make sure the President Trump go to jail. And so we get something to deal. It really perturbs me on here, black Americans of all the groups here talk about democracy. I gotta preserve our democracy. Are you kidding me? Again, America's a great country. I would not dispute you on that. There's nowhere I want to be than here. I've been blessed to travel. Europe, Spain, Egypt, South Africa, Ghana, Caribbean. There's no way I'd rather be at the end of the day. No, I got a return ticket back home. That being said, he talking about our democracy. Are you kidding me? What has democracy done for American-born blacks? What has it done for you? I mean, what has it done for us? Nothing. Absolutely, positively nothing. What has the Constitution done for us? What has the Constitution? The Constitution? The Constitution? What has it done for us? Nothing. So why are we, of all the people here, a staunch supporter of democracy, the Declaration of Independence, Constitution? It's done zero for us. It's done nothing for us. Nothing. If Trump goes to jail, you ain't got a nickel in that quarter. If he don't go to jail, you don't got a nickel in that quarter. Because you ain't getting none of the deal. Politics Neighbor, I, I keep saying, I, I must quote Yvette Cornell, the co-founder co- of the ADOS movement, where they're fighting for a rep- reparation and also a black agenda. Politics is, is an exchange, not a giveaway. What are you getting in exchange for your vote? We have got nothing, nothing for the last 50 years for our vote. Folks just vote Democrat like it's going out of style. And I continue, we should not belong to no party, none of them, be it local, statewide, or federal, because none have done nothing for us as a collective. This new con called diversity and inclusion, whoopie doo, you got some black Americans down in your cabinet, you got some folks from Caribbean, Africans, some gays, some lesbians, transgender, whoopie, whoopie doo, it's doing nothing for the collective. It does something for those folks. They got a nice paycheck. Their family going to benefit. But it does nothing to address, right, the systemic wrong that was happened to us by laws. We were affected by racial laws. Laws passed that excluded our people from participating in the growth and prosperity of America. So why are we of all the people here so adamant that Trump got to go to jail? He got to go to jail. If Trump doesn't go, you ain't going to benefit. If he does go, you ain't going to benefit. Either way, you get nothing out that quarter. And in my mind, that's not my fight. That's not my fight. As a member of ADOS, American born Black, whether President President Trump go to jail or not, I'm not concerned about that. I'm only concerned about, do I have sufficient means, sufficient wealth to be comfortable in a country that we built, the wealthiest country in the world, that's my focus. That's my focus. That's my focus. I'm just dumbfounded with, 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 with uh, my group. It's like we have been we have drunk the democratic cool, democratic Kool-Aid. Trump go to jail, not go to jail, it's not gonna benefit my community, not one iota. Not one iota. And while I'm on the subject of politics, this is why I, again, it's my conclusion that I've come to. Why I am I am convinced now that in eighteen sixty-five, choosing to pursue a course of equality and citizenship was a bad, bad, bad choice to make. And the reason being is real simple. Our relationship in this country, right? The foundation it stands on is two hundred forty-seven years of slavery, from sixteen nineteen, right, to eighteen sixty-five. Two hundred forty-seven years of the worst. Crime committed against mankind. The federal government sanctioned and condoned this treatment. Now, think about it now. You've been allowed to treat a person right just horribly, despicably, okay? Degrade them, insult them, murder them with, with impunity. Also, because white folks got married to each other, had a civil war, also now we're going to pass laws, but now you must treat them as citizens, okay? You must share the wealth with them. You must treat them as equals. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And to add insult to injury, in every chamber, be it on the city level, state or federal level, the politician in those chambers, the majority is who? Caucasian. Caucasian. Even if you bring a bill to the floor, to the floor, based on research and data, okay? If you can't get your other colleagues to sign up on that bill, it doesn't go anywhere. Now, think about that. Would we know we know now chose politics as a vehicle to write or address our grievances? I hope we wouldn't. I hope we wouldn't. But we are there now. But I'm just saying, we can critique our ancestors. We can critique what they did. And I contend that trying to pursue citizenship, trying to pursue equality was a bad deal. And from 1865 to now, right, over 157 years, we've been fighting to be treated as full-fledged citizens with all the personal benefits of whiteness. Are we there yet? The answer is no. The answer is no. We're still fighting for something that Dr. King said should have been ours from birth. But because of the relationship it's founded on, 247 years. Of the worst treatment known to man, sanctioned and condoned by the federal government, is why we've been treated the way we've been treated. You're asking people, right, to reverse the way they've been taught, the way they've been groomed and doctrinated. You want people now to reverse that and treat you as a citizen, as equal. Bad move. This is my belief, bad move. And so politics today is gonna to do nothing for us. That's why if everybody in Boston went out and voted right now, who was eligible to vote? It wouldn't matter, because down at the city chamber, you got more what Caucasian and now people of color than American born blacks. So if you brought to the floor a bill to address why the city of Boston that spends over two billion dollars a year only spent about 1% of those outside dollars with private contractors who are black American, even even though the facts are there. Mayor Mayor Wu knew that. Congresswoman President knew that. They all knew that. But they could not bring not one bill to the floor aimed at addressing that. Come on now. So why are we adamant that Trump must go to jail? Politics isn't going to do nothing for us. Politics is not going to do nothing for us. Because why? It's not aimed at us. It has no specificity. So we should be the last group cheering, you know, crying behind President Trump. Trump going to be okay. He's going to be okay. But the vast majority of ADOs, American-born black, are going to still waddle waddle down in, in, in the trenches on the bottom. I recommend, right? That you need to focus on yourself about upgrading your skills and making sure your children understand the importance of skills in America, and stop worrying about whether President Trump goes to jail or not. Pfft. Doesn't phase me at all. You don't put no chicken in my pot. Don't pay my mortgage. Don't allow me to absorb my daughter' uh, tuition costs. Don't phase me at all. What phase me? Do I have sufficient wealth? in America to be comfortable to live life on my terms. And that's the key, to live life on your terms. And the research and data showed that the value of black American don't have that. Another thing that I'm just totally, uh, just, <laughs> again, just in disbelief. Why do we continue to put so much uh, credence into entertainers? Let me say here, you need to listen now. Entertainers, be there and athletes, they are not leaders. They are not role models. Our entertainers, as good as they are, you get no qualms from me about that. Not time to not trying to debase any of them. Not try, not trying to denigrate none of them. Our entertainers and athletes, right, chose those vehicles, either entertainment or sports, as a way of getting out of poverty a way of getting out the hood, a way of getting up the bottom. They did not choose to be leaders. They did not choose to be role models for the group. Most are not endowed with the, with the information or the knowledge to even speak on our behalf. And why we always want to, A, point to our entertainers or role models, I mean, as role models or leaders, it's beyond me. That's not what they came to do. They chose entertainment and sports as a way of getting out of the hood, out of the ghetto, out of poverty. And 95% of those, right? When you look at this story, they started just like you and me broke with no wealth and no inheritance. Again, 95% of those who are now doing well as entertainers and as athletes started started out like you and me with no wealth, nor an an, an inheritance. So again, they they had to create their story. You got to create your own story. As I I had to create my own story by upgrading my skills, acquiring high income skills to position myself to live better tomorrow than I am today. And if you don't acquire those skills, you're not going to do well. The choices that you make will affect how you live. I had to make some different choices 30 years ago to get here. So now I'm comfortable, able to take care of my daughter, my wife, Max's wife. I'm able to hire people, put folks to work. But if I stayed on the path that I was on, you know, I might be making them about mm, 70, 80 grand gross. That's gross now. Okay. But I couldn't do the things I'm doing now. If I had not, A, went back and upgraded my skills. And so were you. But we need to stop putting all this attention on entertainers and athletes. Matter of fact, being in the trenches I get to get to work with, with uh, our young people, you know, doing their homework, see the skill set. You know, we got young people can recite for you, for you verbatim the words and lyrics to their favorite to the to the favorite artists, favorite rapper. They know the words verbatim. They might be vulgar that might be sexualized, that's true. They know them verbatim, but they don't know the timetables. They don't know what nine times seven is. By the way, 63, but the point I'm trying to make, there's more emphasis placed in our community on these high risk occupations than anything else. What I'm seeing out here, my, again, my observation, is the other groups who come in, and also some black American, they will concede those occupations to you. They will concede those to you, be an entertainer or athlete. They're going to be the physicists. They're going to be the chemist, They're going to be the engineer. They're going to be the architect. They're going to be the doctor. They're going to be the construction foreman, IT guy. They're going to be occupations going to pay them two or three, six figures, and they can also start a practice. But if so they, they will concede to you, to our people. Entertainment, being an athlete. Now they might now now their kids might play sports. They might even play an instrument, but they're not banking on that as a way out and a way up. They are banking on being the chemist, the pharmacist, the architect, the engineer. Okay. They banking on things A that they control. When you pursue entertainment or being an athlete, a lot of that is out of your control. So many in those communities, even even in the uh, black American community, even in, in our community, there's families who have just conceded sports altogether. Their kids may play sport, but they don't see sports or entertainment the way up and out. They're going to pursue skills, high-income skills, that they're going to be the doctor you go to, the engineer you call on, the dentist you, you call on, Okay, the IT professional. Okay, they're gonna be that, but our kids our kids are what takes me what? high risk occupation Reason why I call them high risk, it's highly unlikely you will ever earn a dollar being an entertainer or an athlete and while we continue to have our kids pursue occupation, that 99.9 percent will never ever reach it beyond me and so, Many of them end up falling by the wayside. Many of them end up, right, not being studious, not being skill-driven, living just a whole hum life, just a whole lum life, just whole hum. In America, when you lack skills, baby, you're going to struggle. And our group, Ados, or American American Blacks, we should know better than anybody. We've been struggling since we've been here. And I can see it's time for us to throw in that towel, understand our country runs on skills. I'm going to make sure I get my skills, and I'm going to demand to be included. I'm going to demand to share the wealth of this country, this city, this state. But as long as your kids out there pursuing to be the next, you know, new addition, no no, no offense, or Jay-Z or 50 Cent, no offense, or Beyonce, you know, or this new rapper that they, that they, they, they is out there. Glorilla. What I mean? What can I mean with Right? <laughs> uh you know, longly pursuing those high risk occupations, well, our kids for the most part are not going to fare very well. So again, another thing that we gotta really pump the brakes on. Another thing that we need really to really, 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 really to stop saying is single parent or he got no father or absentee father. And the reason why I say that, they say that, right? You knew when you laid down when you wasn't married to him, you knew that. You knew he had no condom on, you had no protection, you had no pills. So if you're having sex, there's a good chance you go on what? You're pregnant. And since marriage is no longer in vogue, well, there's a good chance you all are not going to get married. And after the, the love go or the romance go, romance go, where well, are he going? move move on down the road. And he may or may not, you know, participate in that child's upbringing. Cause why? The last 40 years, somebody told black women, you don't need no man. Well, unfortunately, because you got those little chump chain government program, you know, welfare, whatever, section eight, many, many, many have fallen for the okie doke, and results are disastrous. Well, that's not how God intended it. He intended for two people to be in unison and in couple, right? to raise those kids together. And that way you wouldn't be overextended, stressed out, overtaxed, over-drained, or feel you got to do it all. Because the truth be told, we should have never brought into that nonsense. I don't need no man. It's like me saying, I don't need no woman. I need a woman. I need a helpmate. As a matter of fact, marriage is the reason why I'm here. Being married to Deborah, my former wife was the best thing ever happened to me for 30 years. It got me focused, gave me direction, gave me purpose. You cannot make money chasing women, fellas. I repeat, you cannot make money chasing women, but you sure will spend money chasing women. And you become what? Scattered. Diverted. All your attention is scattered. So being married helped me to focus, gave me direction and purpose. Is the reason why there is is an, an Osiris. And I thank God for marriage. And I also let my daughter know that I am pro-marriage. I told her, do not make me a grandparent until you have a husband. A husband. A helpmate. To raise those kids along with you. Don't come here and you could do me no favor by making me a grand, a grandfather without a husband. I thank God she listened, but I also thank God for the mother that she had in Deborah and that she listened to her mother. So yes, she's 31 now. Education all behind her. Working in those fibers now. You know, if we transition on the ship to her, I thank God that she's listening. I thank God that I knew I had to change. As the leader, head of the house, I had to change my ways. I had to grow up. But we need to stop saying, I'm a single parent. Oh, he don't have a father. Well, when you laid down with him, you know you wasn't married to him. There was no commitment there. None, none whatsoever. And when you look at Facebook, these platforms, today's women remind me of being at, at what I call an all-you-can-eat buffet. And all-you-can-eat buffet, everybody getting a piece of it. No man of substance want a no man of substance want, want, want a woman like that. I know I wouldn't. No man of substance want a man want a woman where everybody had a piece of. Like if I was a female, I would not want a man who got kids all over town. I ain't got time for that. That shows me right like that you are careless, irresponsible, and frivolous. So again, standards have gone to one who got no standards. What we'll respect from each other? But we have, since King was murdered in the last 50 years, developed some bad habits. It's bad enough you still live in the country that's founded white supremacy as a, member, as a member of black Americans. It's bad enough you live in that in this kind of society with that kind of structure. It's even worse when you end up hurting yourself, doing things that end up hurting you by your choices that you're making. And so today I'm just speaking my mind. I'm your host, Larry Gumbadam. Name of the show, this little hour is called Observation Metrential. Observation. I've been out here 22 years doing direct wraparound services in these homes. Get to see how folks live and how they're managing. Well, research doesn't lie. The bulk of our people are not doing well. Most just getting by. And so it's time for us, right? Have a change of heart, a change of direction. It all starts with us, it all starts between the ears it all starts with the thinking process. A lot of our folks are just not thinking. They're not making healthy, good choices. So again, you listen to WBCA 102.9. Again, WBCA 102.9 FM. I'm your host, Larry Hickam. My name of the show is, you got it, Observation of Trenches. Observation of Trenches. And what I'm seeing is not good for the group. It's not good for the community. It's not good for you. It's not good for the kids. It's not good for nobody. For most of our folks, it's out of order. So I'm going to take a break. Come right back. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> <laughs> and now a speech. I just want to say that friendship is about heart. Heart and brain. Who's with me? Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. And my brain is saying, when it's time to go home, somebody call me a ride. Love that guy. Me too. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from Nitsa and the Ad Council. Mm. If you are struggling to afford internet service for your household, there is a new government program that may be able to help. It's called the Affordable Connectivity Program and it provides up to a $30 monthly discount to qualifying households. Find more information about the program, including if you qualify, and how to enroll at FCC.gov ACP, or call toll-free at 877-384-2575. That's 877-384-2575. Our jury system needs participation by everybody. Jurors make important decisions that affect lives in our communities. In our courts, everyone deserves fair and equal treatment. People from different backgrounds bring different viewpoints and ask more questions when making decisions. Make a difference and serve on a jury when you get the chance. Brought to you by the Massachusetts Trial Court and the Office of Jury Commissioner. I'm back, Boston. I'm your host, Larry Larry Higginbottom. And you're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM, Can you listen to WBCA102.9 FM? Name of our little conversation, our little hour chat. It's called Observation from the Trenches. Observation from the Trenches. Observation from the Trenches. For 22 years, I've been out here in the trenches, providing wraparound services in folks' homes, getting to see firsthand how folks are, you know, getting along, how they are uh, living. And as the research has definitely clearly substantiated that most of our people, American-born blacks, are not doing well. Matter of fact, we never did well from emancipation to now 157 years. And don't be deceived or fooled by our entertainers or our athletes. They are a very, very, very small piece of our population. The vast majority of our people are just getting by. Most are working class, Working poor and poor. Got a small middle class for the most part. A very small athlete, you know, elitist, those who are, you know, really doing well. So, again, we need to be, I think, very peculiar about who we want to emulate, who we want to listen to. And I say it's time for us to stop being fed a constant dose of celebrities or athletes. Great for them. I'm not disparaging them. i got no problem against them, no whatsoever. But they're not leaders. They're not role models. They're not coming to be leaders or role models. They chose entertainment or sports as a way out of the hood, a way out of the ghetto, a way out of poverty. They don't want to be leaders. And most don't have the knowledge base to speak on our behalf. Cause that's not who they are. So we need to make sure that we stop feeding our kids these high risk occupation. Fifty cent. Jay-Z. They the exception. Most guys who came out of the hood, who was involved in criminal activities or selling drugs, most, the majority of them, right, end up either being killed, being maimed, or doing time in prison. We should stop always elevating the exception to the rule. She, the first one to go to college. She, the first mayor, the first DA. That should be an insult to us. Why, Larry? We've been here 157 years of emancipation. The, the question should be why are they the first? Why, why it took so long? When you ask the why, it indicts the white community, it indicts the government. They just not cut. They they're just not catching up to allow us to be the first, you know, two black quarterbacks in Super Bowl. We've been playing football since it, since its inception. They the ones said we weren't bright enough, smart enough, articulate enough to handle so called complex formulation. We should be totally insulted and outraged with so called first. That's nonsense, cause why? It indiced the entire white community because why they made laws and provision that made sure we're going to be locked out. So I'm not impressed with the first. And most of those first, we see at first those are black Caribbeans, the black Africans. They're not us. They're not eight They They're not American born blacks. Folks piggyback off our suffering, off our hardship. They're not us. America owes them nothing. America did not treat them bad and pass laws that make sure the white community could ostracize them, lock them out. America owes these groups nothing. We are owed a debt here. What we created, we got nothing in return. We've been the most loyal people in the country, got nothing. We always given the most, got nothing. Fought in every war she ever had, got nothing. It's time that we focus on ourselves. On ourselves. And I hope these young folks who are starting this, this group called Eidos, where they fighting reparation and also a black agenda. I wish them a lot of success. If you get a chance, check them out for more information. But you know, I hope them I hope them success. I hope that, that they that they are successful. You know, I'm not trying to burn down the country or trying to tear things up and say, that's a, debt, that's a debt over here. The debt was never replayed. The debt was never repaid. We was never made whole. And all the is said, it's going to take reparation to do that. And it's going to take generations or even hundreds of years to switch this here predicament that we're in as a group. That's why, in the end, while you're fighting for a new deal for us, for American-born blacks, don't you want to be comfortable in the meantime? I know I do. Does you want to be able to provide for your family on your terms? I know I do. But you gotta acquire high income skills. You must acquire the skill set in order to earn the income to be comfortable in America. Otherwise, you're gonna struggle. You're gonna struggle. You're gonna struggle. And let me just say this here: struggling is not fun. I came from down there. Thirty years ago, when my daughter my daughter was born in 1991. I looked at myself, I said, You know, some dude, if you don't go back and upgrade your skills, you're going to have a whole hum life, you know, just getting by. And what you dream for her will not materialize. Because why? The skills ain't there. You're working. But your skills do not require high income. I had to go back up and upgrade my skills, neighbor. So were you. So you must do the things today to position yourself to look better tomorrow. That's what I did. Cause why we had no wealth and no inheritance. The federal government made sure that by locking our people out by laws, slavery laws, Jim Crow laws, redlining laws, GI Bill laws, the new deal was built the white middle class laws, all locked us out of mortgages, you know, finance locked out. Well, in a way we have what I call square zero. As, 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 a, as, a, as a community, we are at square zero. The white community owns all of the wealth and control all the resources. And it is what it is. It's their country. This is their country. I don't have a no problem with saying that. Matter of fact, this conclusion I came to over 30 years ago. America, all the wealth and resources is controlled by the white community. It's their country. Yes, we are citizens, that's true. But all the wealth institutions are there. The regs, the governing institution, be it, be it the military, be it businesses, be it mental health. These regs were written through their sense of what's right and wrong, not yours and mine. And the folks you see there who look like me and you, who might be, be me, you, who might be you and me, those are their regs. We are, we are articulating what they want to see. I ain't mad at it. It is what it is. And none of these immigrants come here to change that paradigm. None come here to change that paradigm of white supremacy. If you go to Jamaica, who runs it? Jamaican runs run, Jamaica. Jap- you go to Japan, who runs it? Japanese. Go to England, the English, to America, white people. It is, it is what it is. So don't be deceived by diversity or multiculturalism or inclusion. Yes, you can sit here and get a nice paycheck and do well for yourself and your family, but don't you dare try to do anything constructive to change this here construct, or oh, we will crush you like a, we crush you like a roach. That is what it is. That being that being case, we have no allies. There is no allies here. Folks don't come here to change this paradigm. And at some point, we as the people got to just realize that there's no black and brown coalition. Never was, never will be. All them folks coming through the border are coming here, right, for the dollars, for the dollars, for the dollars, to upgrade their lifestyle, to live better, to buy things. They're not coming to change white racism or white supremacy. They're not coming to change that paradigm. We on our own, baby. We on our own. There is no coalition with these people of color. There's Ados, and there's people of color. We've been here for 100 years. It just got here. They didn't come in to fight our fight. That's on us. So why I would agitate with you and also get out here and demand a new deal for us, but I want to be comfortable. I want you also to be comfortable. Take care of your kids and keep in mind. Dr. King died in poverty. Malcolm died broke. Fannie Lou Hamer died broke. Malcolm video, Betty Betty Shabazz she died in a project up there in New York. I don't want it for you and me. I don't want it for us for your children. With me, we got to be highly skilled as we are fighting for a new deal for ourselves. We got to also look at the things that we're doing that's kind of productive to that. One of the things that uh, I'm kind of blessed, in a way, being born in the 50s, it seemed like we got the blessing of those who were still living, who was born in 1910, 1920, 1930, 1940. We got schooled, right, and mentored by those black folks. They taught about America. The do's and don'ts. What you can and should not do. But also, there was a love for uplifting the group. Them folks was not about there was nothing too embarrassing the group, humiliating the group, degrading the group. When they went in public, these folks put their best foot forward. Beautiful chance, you know, you look at those old clipping, them in, uh, them them in you know, in Chicago stepping out. Or Harlem stepping out or going to church on Sunday. Look how they dress. The white community may have thought we was nothing, right? Try to make us think we was nothing. But them folks were determined not to validate or affirm that false notion or belief. But now, our folks, our young folks born after 19, uh, after after 1980, and 19, uh, 1990, there's there's no no group cohesion. There's no love of self. There's no love for the group. I remember teachers telling me, Larry, you got to get smart for uplifting the race, for the betterment of the race. You can't sit there and be dumb and be stupid and do silly things. No, the race needs you to be all you can be. There was racial pride. And being born in the 50s, I was born in the 60s, we got to be mentored by these folks who was, born who was born in 1900, 1910, 1920, 1930, 1940. Them folks schooled us about America, about white racism, about white supremacy. You know, they didn't call it critical critical race theory then. Here are the do's and don'ts when dealing with white people, white men. Do's and don't for black men. Folks today don't get that. No way would these folks got out there and aired all their personal going on. You go to any platform, you see folks out there being bold to say what they're doing, how they doing it, who they doing it with. Those ancestors born in 1900, 1940 would have never done that. And they wasn't perfect. All right? They were sinners, but they had racial pride, group pride. It's all about what? Trying to uplift the group. At all costs. Now, today, I so-called young folks, call the modern generation, they have no qualms with airing all their personal, personal intimate, intimate detail, information about themselves. And those who are even doing the wrongdoing, gangbanging, being gangsters, being thuggies. They have the destiny to put, right? their incriminating evidence on Facebook. They're showing the person whose gold they took, whose money they robbed. they showing and saying they did it. I stuck up John Joe. I stuck up so-and-so. I did so-and-so. Here it is. I got his cane, I got his gun. I got his money. And the DA said, okay, you just what? Incriminate. You just now self incriminating yourself. I mean, I look at some of the things that is going on out here, and all I see is just a lost, lost, lost soul of many, many of our people. They got black skin like me and speak English like me, but our minds are world apart. There's no group cohesion. There's no sanctity and uplift for the group. It's all about self. All about the dollars. And our women, I mean, they're beautiful now. They look beautiful on TikTok. They look beautiful. Give me that. I gotta give them credit. But all they do is talk about the sexual exploit who they're doing it, how many they had, who they slept with. Our ancestors would have never done that. They would never put out their personal information like that. The men are no better. You know, be this, H that. We've never done that to our women. Never. Women talking about, well, for me to get with you, you got to have $100,000, $200,000. In my day, it's like prostitution. It's like saying, I can be bought. If you if you earn $100,000, $200,000, if you do my hair, do my nails, pay my rent, do my condo, I can be bought. That's prostitution. Our ancestors, who was born in 1900, would have never done that. They would have never sold themselves like that. Look how these folks dressed and carried themselves. At the height of hatred, had no protection from the law. Any Caucasian could do anything to us and be exempt from what? Retribution. But their high. They held their head high, but women and men even the kids knew, you better not go down there and embarrass me out in public. What happened? What happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. The family broke down. Head of the household, missing. Having racial and group pride, missing. We got brought out by these chump chains called welfare program. I don't need no man cause ride. I got me a Section eight. From the food stamp. I, got a little, I, got, I had my little job, so I, I can make it on my own. Institution of the family was 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 for totally annihilated. And so now you got all these folks just running buck wild. These kids just running buck wild. And those blacks who in the know, who have raised their kids well, taught them well, they got manners, self respect. Either, either either they are moved out or if they still live in the hood, their kids ain't out there playing with your kids. They're not out there dealing with you, with those kids or those adults who are running wild, who are just running but wild. They, they, don't, they don't deal with you. And so, I just say, many of our people, both men and women, are just going to go to the grave with their potential unrealized. And the minister of the late, Miles Monroe, a noted uh, minister, said something very profound years ago. He said, the graveyard is loaded with folks with potential. Let, let us think in. The graveyard is loaded with folks with potential. The graveyard is loaded with many black Americans who had potential, because, but because they chose to behave and conduct themselves in an unhealthy and unproductive way, their potential went to the, went to the grave with them. And think about that: the graveyard is loaded with full potential. And That's true. And if you are determined not to be one of them, you must change your way of thinking. Because why? From your thinking, affects your behavior. It affects your behavior. So if you want to change, you must change your thought process, how you're thinking. You must be around folks who are also thinking healthy, who are trying to move up, who also want to prosper and do well in the country that we built into the wealthiest country in the world. You can't be around folks who won't just linger down on the ground, want to get by anyway, make a dollar doing all kind of nonsense. You can't be with those folks. You got to let them go. That's the only thing I can say to you. I let them go. Well, as we coming to a close in the next uh, four or five minutes, I want to thank you for, again, allowing me into your home for just one hour. Again, I'm here not to offend nobody. I'm not here to denigrate anybody. I'm not here to debase anybody, insult anybody. My focus is on my group. American-born blacks, or adults, as I identify as American descendants of slavery. Yes, yes, indeed. I'm not African. I have no ties to Africa at all. Ancestor, yes. But there's nothing in my mental data bank that says Africa. Been there, South Africa, Ghana, Egypt. I'm not African, and neither are you. But one thing for sure, Black American, we've given the most, gotten back to the least. but every war, got nothing. Been the most loyal and devoted it's time for a change of mindset. We must demand to be included. We must demand that the wealth be shared with us. Got to fight for that. And I don't mean burning down nothing, tearing down nothing. I mean it, getting your skill on and demanding to be included. Demanding to be included in this high paying position. Otherwise, you're going to struggle. And America has nowhere to believe, be for a black American man or female. So I want you to think about what I'm, what I'm saying. Again, I got no ill will against the Caribbean community, or African, or Asians. Nobody. Nobody needs an advocate more so than American-born black. Because our black politicians doesn't do it, we get nothing from the congressional black caucus. Be it on the federal level, state level, or local, we get nothing. We're just on our own. And it is what it is. So until we come to realize if we're not making good, healthy choices, right, we are not going to do well. It's just that simple. And so you need to know. I need to know. We're on our own, baby. And not a bad place. It's not a bad. It's not, a bad it's not a bad place to be. You know? You can make things happen in America. As long as you are above ground, you can make things happen. I'm living proof of that. Where I started out 30 years ago, I'm not there today. And neither do you have to be there, but you must be about upgrading your skills. So next week I have a different topic to cover, you know, about what we need to do. I think we need to change, you know, cause we do need changing. Cause nobody, nobody's coming to save us. Nobody's coming to save us. Never have, never will. Let your friends know. Every Wednesday I'm here from six to seven o'clock. Just seeing, just speaking about what I see. That's why I name is show "From the Trenches." I'm ah, opposite from the trenches. I just speak about what I see. I mean, I mean I'm in folks' homes every day, so I, I get I get to see things. You see how they're faring, how well they're doing, or how how not well they're doing. And so again, we got to make some changes. The change starts with you. It starts with me. So again, I hope you have enjoyed this here dialogue. I mean to defend nobody. It's not my intent, but just say, hey, we got to change. We got to change this here. Because otherwise, it's not going to change at all, unless you change you. So I'll be here next Wednesday, same time, 6 p.m. You've been listening to WBC 102.9 FM. I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. Name of the show, from the trenches, baby, from the trenches. Ob, so baby, from the trenches. So until next next week, God bless you and be safe. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119. Attention LP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.